Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes. Hey, Super Achievers. In this episode, I'm interviewing Tracy Tim. Tracy is a career clarity strategy expert and founder of the Nth Degree Career Academy, a proven system that helps high potential professionals define and discover work they love. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, Chris. I'm so excited to be here and and really excited to have a fun conversation with you. So I am really excited to hear about your personal story, uh, how you went really from stuck to unstoppable. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a mess. I'm not going to lie. I The reason that I do what I do now and I'm a, um, a career clarity specialist and I consider myself a catalyst for getting, you know, getting your life unstuck and particularly your career is not because I did everything right uh, professionally, but because I I stepped in it more than once. <laughs> you know, my my story really started actually like in my childhood. I was like a like a lot of your super achievers, um, a a black belt box checker. I if you gave me a bar, I would jump that high, right? And so it was, <laughs> it was A's, it was first chair in music, it was varsity in sports. It was my parents used to give me a grade for how well I behaved in church when I was little. Like it was that level. Oh of my sanity. Oh yeah. So they they knew me. They knew me from a really young age. So they knew what motivated me. And it was, it was winning. It was being the best and it was checking the box. It was doing, you know, what was expected. And and it's, I look back and I call it performing. I was just a hyper performer. And so that works really well when you're in a really structured environment, right? When you're in high school, when you're in college, um, they tell you exactly how to win and then you just need to go about doing those things. But when you graduate and you go out into the quote unquote, scary real world, success looks a bazillion ways to a bazillion different people, right? And so I was graduating college and trying to figure out what I wanted to you know, be when I grew up. And, and you know this, right? There's so much pressure nowadays to like get it right to be, you know, on your path by the time you've graduated college to, you know, maybe even have known what you wanted to do since you were 10 and you've been pursuing it and da, 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 right? Like there's just so much pressure. And I had no idea what I wanted to do because I looked out into the world and I didn't see a bar or a letter grade <laughs> and, <laughs> and was terrified, right? So I ended up taking a job uh, working on Wall Street. I did that to um, make some money, to uh, do something that you know, was being recruited on campus um, to hopefully like pay my parents back and and to build like a life of my own. And I knew I didn't want to move back to Texas where I was from. I really wanted to have more of an adventure and see a new place. And so I worked right outside of New York and I did that for two and a half years. And that's really where the <laughs> the scary part of the story starts because, Uh-oh. Um, you know, I was, I just... Gosh, I was miserable. I was the definition of miserable. Uh, like two and a half years into that job, I was so anxious and so just riddled with um, fear and terror of being found out that I really didn't know what I was doing. But at the same time, I really had no desire to go deeper into that job. So I was constantly pretending like I wanted to be there and I knew what I was doing. But it was it was two and a half years of cognitive dissonance, if you can imagine. So that tension just Ooh. you know built up over. Over time and I was drinking NyQuil to go to bed and I was complaining to my friends and and I was like trying to work out and eat well but like really drinking too much and you know just kind of like devolving mentally and physically <laughs> because yeah, of this wow. job and 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 I know that there are people listening who know what that feels like and the scariest thing to me though was that I 
you know, I would have run out the front door the next day. Like I knew this was a problem. I just didn't know where I wanted to run to, you know? I didn't know like what I wanted to do instead. And so in the absence of having something to run to, I felt really, really stuck. And when you're, when you're anxious to begin with, like your brain has a lot harder time accessing creativity and possibility and opportunity. And so I couldn't see a way out. Um, and that sounds like, you know, very defeated. And, and it's exactly how I felt. I just was like, this is going to be my life. Like, what am I going to do instead? And it seemed like my only options were to quit completely. Right. And just like start over, um, or just stay where I was and suck it up and get better at it and just kind of be, you know, resigned to the fact that that was going to be my career. That was going to be my life. And all of this at 25. Right. So like looking back on it, I'm like, (laughs) it's going to be okay. But at the same time, like you, you feel that, that sense of, um, urgency, you know, at every phase, like this is it. This is this is it. If I don't figure it out now, I'm a failure in life, right? Um, yeah. So uh, the the path to getting unstuck really began there. It was really just acknowledging that, hey, you know, I think realizations come in waves. In a sense, like first you have to say, like, I don't like this, but then that's like, oh my gosh, is that okay? Can I not like this? Is that like acceptable societally? And like, what are my parents going to say? And and then your second realization <laughs> is like, I don't like this, and that's okay. But then you don't want to tell anybody because, like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I don't know what I'm going to do, so I can't share it until I know exactly what I want to do. And then your second realization is like, I just have to get the hell out of here. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? So it just kind of it just comes in waves. And so the last wave that I had was like, I, I got to figure this out. And, and if I don't know how to do it, in, in the absence of me knowing how to do things, I ask for help. I'm not a research person. I, I never like I did one sort of three hour session of scrolling through job postings on Indeed and basically wound up like sucking my thumb in the back of a train. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so I started asking for help and I was just so amazed that there were no um, comprehensive resources. There's no like, hey, if you're stuck, here's step one. And it always works. And, and then when you're done with step one, here's step two. Like there, that just, I didn't see it anywhere. There were plenty of people who were, you know, career counselors and coaches and whatever, but it was like sessions where they just expected me to like answer their questions. And I was like, I hired you because I don't know the answers to these questions. Um, so really that was what sparked the, um, the seed in me that I thought, okay, I can't be the only one with this problem, A. And B, maybe it's worth it for me to go and figure out what that step-by-step process is. And if I do that, then I'll at least have found what I want to do. Um, and, and that would be great. But then also maybe I could reverse engineer it and teach it to other people. And that would be helpful. I love it. So yeah, that was the beginning of, uh, of, of what we have now, which is I've been... Um, in business for five years, there's a huge like transitionary period that I'm skipping over that we could talk about, but of course, um, <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, been in business for five years. I have a, pr- a program called the Nth Degree that we teach in multiple different formats. That that is the step by step process to go from stuck to unstoppable. It, it truly is the way to discover what your real value is, define your unique professional niche finally, and then drive your career. Get back in the driver's seat and feel like a pro. Ooh, I love it. So you lived it and now you're teaching it to others. Can we get more, can we get into the five step yes. strategy? 
Absolutely. So it's funny. I tell people um, when you when you feel like you're stuck in your profession and you know that you're made for more, it's almost like being in a really like a pitch black room with furniture and crap all over the floor and whatever. <laughs> and your and your goal is to get to the other side, right? Your, your, uh-huh. your dream job or whatever is on the other side. There's just no visibility into what it is or how to get there. And so I went through sort of a, if I'm being really honest, it was like a two and a half year slash lifelong process, right? <laughs> of, of going through that room and stubbing my toe and hitting my shin and falling down and reaching reaching the wrong wall and then having to start over, you know? So so two and a half years later, I was on the other side of the room and I was gifted with a flashlight, right? Like I could look back and go, oh, okay, don't step there. Don't step there. That's <laughs> a landmine. Um, and, and so that's what the nth degree is really about. It's I, I, um, after I quit my job on Wall Street, I went on a semester at sea. I ended up moving back to the U.S. and working for a woman who owned her own, uh, like speaking business. So she, uh, trained people in leadership development and emotional intelligence. And, and then I took a full time job that I was a horrible fit for. And eventually I started, I started coaching. And in, in every one of those experiences, I learned one of the five, one of the seven steps. It's now actually seven steps in the nth degree Ooh. process because it's been evolving. Yeah. Right? So, um, so yeah, I, I really realized that I had done all the right things. Theoretically, I had just done them really inefficiently and out of order. Um, so if you're out there, and you feel like you're on that one side of the room and it's really, really dark and you know you're meant for something more, the only thing keeping you from it is just identifying what it is, um, then the, the place you want to start is really the only logical place you can start, which is right now. Um, in, in the nth degree, the very first phase is called now. And what we do is, is something that's it's, it's of twofold importance. First of all, we want to really embrace where you are right now so that... I know this is cheesy sounding, but you have to grow where you're planted. It's every time that I've tried to jump to a larger pot before I'd outgrown the pot that I was already in, I withered, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes total sense. Yeah. There's too much space and you're right. So it's it's hugely important, I think, to both understand where you are just from a very objective standpoint to create a foundation from which to grow and to figure out where the disconnect really is right now. Because largely, if you're unhappy and you're not really sure why, it's coming from a handful of different places. The very first thing, though, is is driven by your values. If, if in some way you're existing in opposition to that which you value, then you're living in cognitive dissonance. If your job requires you to be shady and do something that's like a little bit below the bar, but like acceptable-ish <clears throat> Wall Street, then and you happen to be a person who holds yourself to really high standards of integrity, that's a values mismatch, right? right. And that's going to create dissonance. It's going to create tension. It's going to create anxiety. And eventually, it's going to create an unworkable, unsustainable situation. So in the now phase, what we figure out is, first of all, what do you really have going for you that you may be overlooking? Because when our job is miserable, it's it, it permeates everything, right? Like all of a sudden, I'm not as great of a of a partner or a spouse, or I'm not as great of a parent, or my community is suffering, or my mental health and my physical health are suffering. Um, so it can be easy to look at your life and wholesale be like everything is crap. <laughs> the reality is that when I when I force people to do this um, really really aggressive and objective life audit, every single person has at least 
three, usually five things that are just foundationally good. Whether that's like a great support system, maybe you've been squirreling away money and so you've got a little bit of a nest egg that you can lean on. Uh, Maybe you've got a really wonderful spiritual practice that's very foundational to your life. Like Everybody's got something from which they can grow, some sort of foundation that's actually good. So from there, right, then we want to add, okay, given that and where you are and where you see yourself going, meaning like the life you aspire to, what are your real values? What in life do you actually really care about at this phase? Not 10 years from now or 20 years from now or what you aspire to have on your tombstone. It's what right now matters and moves the needle for you. And if we can get really clear on those values and start to consider those values as your litmus test for your career and for your life decisions, then we've got a really good start. Because then you can start to you know, envision your future with those values in mind and actually having made decisions using those values. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Hugely important. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and it can't be overstated. It's so funny. As soon as I say core values, I kind of just imagine people like, wah, wah, like, oh my gosh, <laughs> geez, like who doesn't talk about core values? But we take the value set and really, really like give it steroids. Like these things should be so core to you that you should be able to voice them in uh, as a commitment, like an I will kind of statement or mm-hmm. an I won't kind of statement. And they start to serve almost as your like your standards for living, your rules and regulations around your boundaries, around right. you know, which you choose to do certain things in the world or not. Um, so the now phase is really crucial to get started with just a stronger sense of foundation and of self. And if we can start there, then almost immediately you can see why what you're doing right now isn't working. And you can also see a vision for your future that looks really juicy. That's like (laughs) worth pursuing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So that's step one in the process. Okay. Um, so step two and three, this is all still, and I want to be clear, this is all still like the discovery phase. So we don't want to make any assumptions about the values and how we're going to use them, right? We don't need to make any assumptions about your foundation and what that means for you. It's really just discovering the value that's there. Um, so the next two steps are really taking that sort of template that we've put together and, uh, and giving them a little bit more tangible, tangible, uh, detail, if that makes sense. So yeah, the next yeah the next two steps are nature and nurture. Um, ah. You know, if you know of any psychology, right? It's always are we our nature or are we our nurture? And um, I'm a big <laughs> uh, believer both? that we're both, right? So <laughs> yep. So your nature um, is something that you may not have been honoring in the past, which is like, who are you naturally? How do you add value in the world naturally? What are your behaviors, your personality, your gifts, your talents? Um, you know, how do they manifest in the world when you're just being your when you're relaxed, or maybe even more importantly, when you're under pressure and under stress. And so in order to do that part, we lean really heavily on assessments. We also have a really fun exercise called the mirror, the mirror exercise, where we force people to ask the other people in their lives how they would best describe that person, which is really Uh fun. Um, (laughs) You'd be amazed. We actually, we force people to to ask at least 20 to 25 people. And maybe you get get 70% of them to actually respond to you, right? Um, But of even if let's say 20 people actually do respond, there are only usually about three to five total responses among that entire group, right? It's fascinating to people because they're like, wow, people in my professional life and my personal life and my romantic life and what they all see you the same. 
you might think you're being a totally different person. <laughs> um, but they see when you when they're asked about the best version of you and how they would describe it, it it's it's all it's almost always the same. Um, so that's your nature. And then we want to also honor your life's cumulative experiences. And that's nurture. Um, those come in three forms in, in our work, uh, your work experience, your education, and then what I call your ninja skills, which is like any other um, skills, knowledge, expertise that you've built up from things like hobbies or traveling or extracurriculars or just anything that didn't fit really into either of the work or education box. Um and the cool thing about that, and this is the thing that I learned on Semester at Sea that was so valuable to me, was that, you know, even having had this horrible, I'm going to call it like pseudo-traumatic Wall Street experience, um, I didn't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know? Like I didn't have to just wholesale say that, wow, that was a waste of time and I wish I could have those two and a half years back, but I can't. And so I'm just going to move on. Instead, I got to really look objectively at that whole two and a half years and figure out like... What is leverageable? What can I bring with me? What did I learn? And not just from like a, you know, life lesson standpoint, but a but a tangible skill or piece of knowledge that actually was interesting and fascinating, and that I want to go deeper into. Um, so if you take the time to really honor your previous experiences, you don't have to start over. You know, nothing. Yeah, I had a woman that was just my I uh, like God given mentor on this trip, and she was like, "Nothing is wasted unless you waste it." Oh, wise words. Yeah, it's worth going back and looking and seeing if if there is something that you can draw from your previous experiences, even if you never want to have that experience again. Um, so that's really the discovery phase is now nature and nurture. And when we get all of that out of your head and onto paper, we've got a, a jumble of puzzle pieces, right? Like we've got you and your niche, but it's kind of hard to tell how it all fits together. So the next phase is define. It's defining your unique genius zone. And I find that when we really walk somebody through the who, what, when, where, why, how of their ideal profession, after we've done that discovery phase, all of a sudden, all of the puzzle pieces come together. It's it's like truly fascinating. I have a um, a now a very dear friend and a girl who works with me who she's like it's magic when you do this with people, <laughs> um, but it it really is. It's it's amazing to see how you know somebody who like in our in our three day workshop for instance we do three days to your dream job and day one we we do now day two we do nature and nurture and we and we end the day with defining your niche and it's fascinating to see people from day one who are like miserable, stuck, confused, have no idea. And they will literally say, I have no idea what I want to do. And by the end of day two, they're like, they've defined it. Like, and they already know. <laughs> like one girl, I, I will never forget this. She, um, she was just so convinced that she had no idea what she wanted to do. And by the end of day two, not only did she know that she wanted to start a business, she knew exactly what that business was going to do. And she already had a name. I was wow. like, you have a name? Like you've, you've been holding out on us. And I think it just goes to show that that all, all any of us really needs is um, a really good objective sounding board that isn't going to judge what we want and allows it to be okay. You know? Yeah. Like, and yeah. because I think deep down, and I know this is like every coach says this, and I used to be like, it's just so not true. But I think it is. We know... Like deep down, like your your inner, your best and highest self, your intuition, you know, your conversations with God, like whatever you want to call it, um, you know, deep down 
what it is. It's just hard to access it because on top of it, we've put layers of limiting beliefs and layers of other people's expectations and layers of, of what's okay and what's acceptable and what successful people do. And, you know, just it's, it's really difficult to access it on our own because having to wade through all that stuff requires just like an, an ungodly amount of, um, I don't even know, motivation of like, you have to really detach from yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah, you need an objective third party really to help you. Through. One of my business coaches, uh, I, she gave me this line. And so I have to like give her the kudos. She's, <laughs> she's like, you should say that like doing introspection on yourself is like a cardiothoracic surgeon trying to do heart surgery on herself. Like, like <laughs> theoretically, you're equipped to do it, but your perspective is so off that like, you're probably not going to get the results that you really want. And it's, and it's really messy. And, and I, I don't think she could be more right that, you know, when we try to do that introspection alone, we wind up unable to extrapolate what we really need because we're, I think we get mired in all of those limiting beliefs and expectations along the way. Oh, Yeah. And then we have step five. Ah, yes. Okay. So um, to round this all out, what we've done is discover and define. So once you know what your niche is, it's a vision and it's gorgeous and it's juicy and you want it, but it's not real yet, right? Like you're still in your job, you're still doing your day to day. So what you have to go do is get back in the driver's seat. So the next phase is drive. Um, and the, the way that we teach that, the way that you know really came naturally to me was leveraging people. And I realized that so many professionals, especially young professionals, because we were raised, I think, with a lot more technology and like reliance on technology than previous generations. We don't know how to talk <laughs> to people. It's fascinating. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I'll, I, <laughs> I do these workshops and guided online programs and whatever. And I'm like, okay, how would you describe like what you just defined as your niche to somebody? Just go just off the top of your head. And they're like, uh, uh. <laughs> um, well, I love it and I'm excited. And I'm like, oh, oh Lord. Okay, here we go. Um, so I, I realized I had this amazing intern one of my first years in business and she was like, what you do with humans is, is sort of beyond what most people I think intuitively would know how to do. And you've got to break it down. So we have a step-by-step -step process for like exactly what to say, how to pitch what your niche is to people. And all of it is in service of step five, which is network, um, which is not the icky, you know, like go to a poorly lit conference room and give your business card out to people like none of that. Um, it's really about leveraging what I call career advocates, right? So people in your life who who are willing and able to help you, to go to bat for you, to speak up for you, to nominate you, to sponsor you, um, just to even like sing your praises or to, or to have you top of mind when something really exciting comes up. Yeah. Um, right. Cause if there, I don't know, I think I get a lot of resistance around this, Chris, like people are, you know, Oh, but I don't want to be a burden or like, I don't want to ask for favors or like people don't want to, be annoyed by like me asking for stuff. I'm like, you guys, like the people in your life want to help you. They yeah. categorically, like as human beings, we're, we're wired for altruism because eventually it helps us, right? Like that, <laughs> yeah. That's human psychology. <laughs> but also the people in your life are, I think, truly desire to help you. They just don't know how. 
You just yeah. haven't in- empowered them yet. So it's our job to tell them, hey, I went through this program. I actually know what I want to do now. And this is what it is. Can you help me? And then you ask them specifically or you tell them specifically how they can help you. I need an introduction to X, Y, and Z person. I would like to come view your office space. I would love if you would sponsor me for the next job that you hear is available. Like You have to explicitly tell people how to help you um, because everybody is busy. <laughs> yeah. You know, everybody's busy. And if somebody tells me like, Hey, can I pick your brain? I'm like, no, but you can ask for something really specific and I'll go yeah. do that. Right. And I'll like, do it for you. Yeah. See? Yeah. So, um, I, I think that, that that's a, a nice lesson. So, uh, so then, right. You're, you're out in the world and you're having to figure out like where this job exists and how you're going to get hired, but you're, you're certain that you're a good fit for it and you're unfazed. So step six is, is navigate. Um, one of the biggest fears, and I could probably tell you like the five biggest fears that I hear from people constantly, but one of them is, um, what if I don't like it? <laughs> and I laugh, <laughs> I laugh every time I hear it now. Cause it's like, well, okay. So that means that you've left a job that you hate. You took a full-time job somewhere else and you hate it even more than what you have now. That's what you're afraid of. And, and every time they say yes. Huh. Um, I, can you believe that? I know. And it's, I think it's this fear that like, okay, if I take one step out, and I leave this thing that I think I hate. What if I was wrong? What if the grass really isn't greener? What if um, I'm just overly sensitive about how things are going here? What if, you know, and we explain it away. That's cognitive dissonance 101. So, so navigate is this whole handful of very basic strategies to test drive your assumptions around your ideal career. So everything from shadowing, like literally just going to somebody's office or go like, do you know how many people have been saved from having to make the investment in medical school by simply going to the hospital and realizing they can't look at blood? Like, yeah, (laughs) that's the exact thing that we want to do professionally is like, Hey, if you think that you want to be a showrunner in media, well, go and visit a set and see if you can handle the stress. And if not, Let's let's start the process over. But if so, damn, you're already there. So now you can start asking the right people the right questions. You know what I mean? So yeah. Um, so we've come up with just a, a really good um, five or six solid ways that that most people can test drive their careers. So then you're out there networking really hard, right? And you're you're taking these little baby steps, these MVPs, these test drives towards your dream job. Then you've got to have some way to keep the momentum, right? Because not every job search winds up in a job week six, even though we've seen that happen. Some of them take months um, or in some people's cases, years. So you've got to... So step seven, which is added very recently, uh, is nourish. And Ooh, I like that. Isn't that fun? Yeah. I was uh, just... I was at an event back in October and I was just like scrolling through N words that start with the letter N. (laughs) Like, Uh you can't have six (laughs) steps. That's just awkward. We got to have seven. Um, but, but when I really landed on nourished, I realized that's exactly what we need. We need something that's going to keep us fighting the good fight. That's going to encourage us to stay in the arena. That's going to give us courage when we don't have it. Um, and that's really going to shore us up through the process. So those are, I mean, very basic things. Like when I was on semester at sea, I, I didn't even realize I was doing this, but I put together this whole, um, it was a it was a folder on my desktop on my computer called like happiness love joy or something like that and it was just my place that i would go if i was feeling really down and it was like 
cat memes or pictures of the world (laughs) or rainbows or, you know, whatever. And it just made me feel good. It was like my motivation bank. So I encourage people to make things like that. I mean, that's the, you know, 20th century version of like a vision board, right? It's just like the things that make you feel really great. Um, It's really important that you keep really supportive people in your life and you keep in touch with them. And so just the, the nourishing things are, um, Hey, if you've landed your job, now it's all about professional development and growing. Um, but if you're still looking, it's, it's keeping up the energy to, to continue the journey. So, so that's the nth degree process. And if you think about it mentally as like a really big circle, once you've hit nourish, you're almost right back at now. And and I, and I drew it that way on purpose because, you know, Chris, you and I know that like nothing in life <laughs> is certain except that <laughs> everything will change. Um, and, and the idea of the nth degree is, is that it's, it's, it evolves as we evolve. So if, you know, one day when I get married, then my values are going to shift when I, if, if, and when I have kids, my values are going to shift. Um, whenever maybe I, let's say like somebody gets sick and you've got to take some time off and whatever, like that's when we go back to, to our now. And we do that discovery process again to figure out what is my, my highest level professional niche at this phase of life, right? In this moment. I like that. Thanks. Yeah. So actually, I redo it every year uh, in January, even just for my business. Like, hey, who am I this year? And what do I want to focus on? And, and who's on our team? And how have we grown? And what have we learned? So we add to our now and we add to our nurture. And I think we grow into our nature more and more um, as we accept who we are. And so it's worth going back and doing again. And so what we're trying to build, in addition to programs that help people immediately in the moment, are long-term programs that help them embrace the nth degree as a lifestyle. So what, how do, uh, what kind of services do you provide to the average individual? Yeah. So we have two signature programs that I'm really proud of, and I've never been more confident in what we offer ever. Um, so the two programs are three days to your dream job, which is an in-person workshop. And we have those monthly in Dallas. Um, we are going to start once we really master that here in Dallas, we've done uh, four of them so far. We have a 100% success rate, meaning every single person who's come has left with their niche and a 90 day, like very strong, confident action plan. Wow. I know. Right. Isn't that fun? I'm like, yeah. I, I, it's so funny. <laughs> I have people who, uh, are almost intimidated by that. They're like, oh my gosh, well, I don't want to say yes and be like the person that makes it 99%. (laughs) Um, But but we offer 100% money back guarantees for those events because they are so powerful uh, and because we have such a great track record. Um, They're also... We have the exact same uh, program, but stretched out over 30 days in a guided digital format for people who either don't want to travel or they would prefer not to do that type of of learning in a group setting. They would rather have some more one-on-one coaching. Um, And that programs 30 days to your dream job. So same exact thing that we teach in that other um, format, but just uh, with the online tools and videos and exercise sheets, and then with a coach who uh, who's your accountability partner through the process. So those are two really signature programs. Um, I, I'm really proud of this. I'm writing my first book. It's going to come out September of 2020. Um, so that will be... It's, it's going to be called Unstoppable. Uh, and it's really the, the, the seven steps to... to you know, discovering your dream job um, and feeling like you again. So I, I'm definitely excited to put that out into the world. Um, and we've, you know, we've got other things here and there. Um, I'm based in Dallas. So we have a membership uh, program that we're launching January of 2020 that's going to be based here and we'll have monthly events. 
And then we've got an online program that's completely self-paced. So we've kind of figured out that, you know, everybody learns in a slightly different way. Uh, and so we've put together programs at different price points that serve, um, that serve each of those people. Yeah. Ooh, I love it. So lots of great information. Is there any final piece of advice or anything else you'd like to share with the listeners? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, okay. If you consider yourself a super achiever, I, I would ask you to, to just take a pause and look at your life and, and then imagine yourself old, like really old. <laughs> like, like I imagine myself 90 sitting on a porch. I'm in a rocking chair. I have an Afghan. I have a cat in my lap. Like that's me old. I have two cats now. And so I'm, I'm that crazy cat lady. <laughs> imagine that version of yourself looking at you where you are right now and ask yourself if that version of you, that older, wiser version of you, is wishing something for you that you're afraid to do. Is like, I just wish that you would have just quit that job you hate and gone on that trip. I wish you would have said I love you to that person because you you really meant it. You know, I wish you would have just ask yourself, and especially I would say since we're talking career, ask yourself if that person is looking at you and saying, I wish you had the courage to to live a life that was true to you. Because that's the number one regret of the dying is I wish I had had the courage to live a life that's true, that was true to me. And, and to me, that's the saddest thing in the world the, because there's only one of each of us. And if we didn't live a life that was true to us, the world's never going to get the impact that I think that we were here to make. And, and that's a scary, that's a scary thing. That's a sad thing. So whenever I'm afraid to do something, whether it's like put a program out there or hire somebody or take on a little bit of debt or, um, gosh, I don't know, take a week off. Right. <laughs> like I, I think about my, um, my future self and I'm like, what, what would that version, that wiser, uh, you know, grounded, clear version what would they say? You know, and would they would they be sad for me if I didn't take that risk, if I didn't take that chance? And sometimes sometimes the answer is yes, sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes it's it's I don't know and I got to I got to ask again later. Uh but it would just it, it's such an amazing perspective when you think about it that way and and hopefully that gives you just the nudge that you need to realize that it is possible for you to live, you know, your best life and to live a life that's true to you. Um, and, and we need a little bit of perspective, I think, to, to, to figure that out. So that's what I would leave you with. Um, think about wow. that. Yeah. <laughs> Powerful. Hey, so, well, you know, I, I try and I don't live it every day, all day, but I find that when I do, it really it just puts me over the edge of like, you know what? I don't want to regret things when I'm old. Like, I don't want to, look back and, and wish that I had given it a really good shot, you know, um, that, that makes me feel good when I put my head down on the pillow at night. So yeah. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today. It has been a pleasure. Thanks, Chris. I, I really enjoyed this. And I, um, oh, if any of your audience, um, wants to know more, wants to get in touch, um, I actually went ahead and put together a website for them. So it's, uh, tracytim.com slash bleeping. Uh, that's hey. the URL and you can get in touch with me if you want directly. I, I offer uh, free discovery calls to learn more about our programs. Um, you can enroll directly on that, on that webpage into a program that fits you. If you're more of a self-paced person, there's plenty of free downloads. So um, if this is really resonating with you, I, I encourage you to go check out tracytim.com slash bleeping. <laughs> Excellent. We'll make sure that gets in the show notes. Beautiful. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. 
If you'd like to learn more about Tracy, visit her website at tracytim.com forward slash bleeping. That's T-R-A-C-Y-T-I-M-M dot com forward slash bleeping. Is it possible to have fun while developing yourself? Take a look at Christina's latest book, Life is an Escape Room, to see how the lessons learned through escape rooms apply to achieving more in life. Visit lifeisanescaperoom.com for more information.